Jones and Big John Talley had a big crap game going back in the alley. And I kept rolling them seven and winning all them parts. My luck was so good I could do no wrong. I just kept on rolling and controlling them bones. Finally, they just threw up their hand and said, when you hot, you hot. That's right, guys. When you're hot, you're hot. Welcome back to uh, Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> we had to skip a week, but uh, I am back in town. So first things, I'm going to go ahead and let you all know I did miss quite a bit. Uh, I, I kept up when I could. You know, uh, my signal was in and out down in Texas. So didn't really have a lot of option to watch, but uh, I was able to read quite a bit. Kept up with a lot of the topics that are going on. So a lot of this is going to be Acme and Jesse, and I'm just going to kind of, you know, follow along with my own comments, hopefully maybe even give some light to if there's questions out there, because I'm sure I'm going to have them. All right, so uh, let me go ahead and introduce everybody. Of course, I'm Dale Hangman Albright. And I am Jesse Baker. Acmid Geronimo Brown. All right, so moving along. Well, we we got the first thing. We're going to go ahead and uh, talk about uh, our little, little random, random question. Yeah, our little random question of the week. Uh, this week... Earlier this week, that is, several episodes, uh, almost the entire catalog, but not quite, of WCW Thunder were added to the WWE Network, available for only nine ninety nine a month. And uh, if you're not familiar with what Thunder was, Thunder was WCW's answer to SmackDown. Basically, they were making money hand over fist with Monday Night Nitro, and they decided to add a secondary show on TBS, as per Ted Turner and his wallet, yet need for more money. So... Get him, Ted. Yeah, damn right. So, in uh, in respect to WCW Thunder, which showcased a lot of the mid card talent and a lot of the cruiserweight talent, my random question this week is: Who was your favorite WCW mid carder? And now we're going to start with Mister Agni Geronimo Brown. Well, I'm going to go with Mister Chris Benoit. Ooh. <laughs> okay. What? We can't stay away what? from him, can we? Ouch. <laughs> can we just change this to the hot tag uh, Chris Benoit channel? <laughs> <laughs> hot tag, the Chris Benoit story. If you need your dog set, we've got a safe and closed pool area. Strangled by success. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> Strangled by steroids. <laughs> uh, to laugh at others, it's okay. This is a very anti-PC, by the way. Anyways, so yeah, that was your favorite? I mean, like, any... Uh, any reason as far as a mid card? I mean, he's a hell of a performer, but you know, <laughs> he's just kind of a cool guy. Yeah, just kind of a cool, calm, collected. <laughs> yeah, cool you know, kinda... he's got his shit together. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I will say, I mean, you know, to back up the Benoit thing, coming hot out of ECW, where there were a lot of really great matches, um, and him breaking Sabu's neck and all kinds of crazy shit like that. Eric Bischoff was smart enough to poach uh, the Crippler and. Get him into WCW and get him to do the, uh, you know, the fun, nice little mid card thing where they showcased his actual talent, put guys like him and Eddie Guerrero on the map in front of the world, and you know, you got to give kudos to Eric Bischoff for being smart enough to see the demand for that kind of thing. Okay, so you'd also kind of like push him as a jobber. Well, and no, I mean, Not, I don't mean in a bad way. No, I don't really think so. I don't think it was really about who won or lost. To be honest with you, I don't. I think that at the end of the day, people wanted to see a more athletic style of wrestling than they were getting out of WCW or WWE at that time. And a lot of what Paul Heyman and ECW brought to the table was bringing in this already very well-established Japanese and Mexican wrestling culture right. to the States for the first time. And Ted Turner just happened to have much more of a mass media appeal. And it was amazing. Uh, I don't know. Their formula, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to actually bring back Bischoff just for that. 
I know they brought in Rockstar Spud. That's just kind of a. I, mean, I like it. I like yeah. I like his whole gimmick, but I just really feel that two hundred five is just not surviving. The thing about it, their their viewership is up. Uh, yeah. since Triple H took over the show and McMahon kind of stepped out of it, since Enzo's gone, and since they brought in Drake Maverick, formerly known as Rockstar Spud, uh, viewership's definitely up. The show's better. Who? 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize that name. Enzo? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure who that was either. But, um, yeah, I mean, the viewership's up. The show all, you know, across the board is way better. I think a whole lot more solid in terms of the performance and match cards. This tournament focusing on WrestleMania has done a lot. The rumor that they're going to reintroduced the cruiserweight tag team titles has done a whole lot uh, given a much larger platform yeah. for some of these guys to get out there and do their thing so how have the uh well i'm sorry let's get back to our topic here so are, are you uh, the wcw who was your mid card at uh, jesse i mean my uh, my favorite mid card performer in wcw is the uh, tragic story of mr chris canyon um yeah. for those of you who are unfamiliar chris canyon started out his WCW career in a very cartoony character called Mortis, and he was managed by James Mitchell or the Sinister Minister, who's worked with people like the Monster Abyss currently, worked with Tajiri, Mikey Whipwreck, and ECW. Uh, he's done a whole lot of work with sort of that evil, foreboding, large man-type character because he's not much of a performer, really. He just has a funny laugh and looks like an evil dude. But um, Mortis was one of the characters that was brought in alongside Wrath, who used to be known as Adam Bomb in WWF and went on to perform under the name Brian Clark and one half of the tag team Chronic. They were brought in as this tag team. Was, that, this, was this around 2001 when this happened? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They were they were <laughs> one of the only yeah. <laughs> they were one of the only teams that was actually drafted uh, in the purchase from WWF of WCW and they performed for a very brief amount of time before they got canned. I mean, they just weren't up to the task at all. So. There's always uh, a lot of reflection on how terrible that tag team was, in all honesty. But Chris Canyon got out of the weird Mortal Kombat vibe. Uh, Glacier killed his character, oh, kayfabe, man. kind of, in a weird way. You remember being stoked for that, though? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then he came out, we were like, okay, what the fuck? That was terrible. <laughs> the Sub-Zero ripoff who couldn't wrestle and barely lift his leg up, you know, I don't know. It was just not really no. eesh, eesh. Bischoff. I think uh, I think I'm going to roll with my mid card is what we looked at earlier uh, because I totally I don't know well I didn't really forget I just didn't it didn't come to mind is the fact that Triple H was actually WCW mid card Terra Ryzen yeah <laughs> and then of course he went on with the Blue Bloods Jean Paul Levesque oh god that character was terrible the closest to his real name that he's ever used actually in yeah. terms of being on national TV or with a major promotion very true um, so he because of course he didn't become Hunter Hearst Helmsley until he went WWF, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I remember my mom having a crush on him because I think it was, he, he had that. He literally looked like Michael Bolton decided to start fucking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was like, all right, let's just go ahead and throw this frilly shit on you. You get out there and you jump around the ring. There you go. But he was a great performer, and now we see why. You know, we see how far he's come with all that. Now you got me thinking about Michael Bolton's song, so I could put a joke in there. And I, honest to God, don't think I know it. it was, I was when right man there with you. I swear to God, I'm trying. Oh, that was Michael McDonald, my bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not much difference. They were, they were that was not an actual clip, so don't sue us. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so that one's free. We have listened to some comments, and we are going to try and shorten the show. Uh, we realize that an hour is a little bit too much, so we're going to try and cut it down to 45 minutes. So I don't want y'all to feel like we're rushing, but we are going to be kind of flowing through the topics because we do have a lot to talk about missing a week. Uh, so the next one we're going to go to, I actually haven't got to watch. So this is actually a learning experience for me. Oh, yeah. Is the ultimate deletion. Oh, yeah. And, 
zero. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I loved it. Just my, my quick yeah. take. I absolutely loved it. Was it was fucking wonderful. I mean, did it live up to the the Impact Wrestling? In my opinion, it surpassed it, which doesn't really surprise me. I think that if it was something that you hadn't seen before, it would have been a lot harder to take, which I'm sure applies to a lot of the crowd and is probably a reason for a lot of the negative feedback on the internet. Yeah. If you'd only heard about that version of the character and not seen the matches, then the I only, could see The only thing off. I heard negative about it was the uh, comment Michael Cole made. Oh, lordy. But at the same time, we also know that Michael Cole is the microphone for Vince McMahon. Yeah, 100%. And their speculation, Mick Foley even went so far as to say that he was probably, you know, he didn't have anything to base this on, but was probably pretty sure that Vince McMahon absolutely loved it because it was different and it was well-produced and it was an alternative kind of content. Yeah. So, you know, when I read about it, it said that McMahon thought this was actually just going to bomb. Yeah. He thought it was just going to be terrible. And that may be why Michael Cole said what he did as like a safety net. Could be. But... I don't think there's a single wrestling fan out there that hasn't thought about the dilapidated boat and all the mm. other things from the original deletions, you know, and now we get this in WWF. Now, please tell me they still kept it low quality. Was it still kind of... It was pretty low quality. They definitely yeah. were mimicking the, the pyro 90s. pyro was awesome. Oh, Lord. Oh, they let them use pyro? <laughs> well, it was... bottle rockets yeah, and Roman candles. candles. Oh, okay. okay, well... <laughs> the closest that, thing we're going to get in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> I think the match was absolutely, in my opinion, my only gripe with any of the matches in TNA were some of them had a tendency to drag on or go a little slow in terms of telling the story. Some of the moves were a little repetitive, and there was a lot of just trying to get from point A to point B physically. I didn't see a lot of that in this match. I thought they were very artistic about how they did that. I don't know if that was how they cut it or how they wrote it or however it happened, but whatever made it to the cutting room floor, I was a big fan of. I thought that it continued to move. All the weird little surprises were amazing, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but the tail end of the match, my God. Oh, yeah, I don't think you're going to spoil anything for me, and I'm pretty sure the fans have already listened because I will watch it, but the – I, was I mean, about I've to already say, I've already heard about something about a lawnmower. Oh, uh, that, this is yeah, this was, is Acme's that, favorite moment. Yes, without a doubt. Mower of lawns, wheel of chairs, or chair of wheels. God damn it! <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> I wrote it backwards too. <laughs> Shit, that's even better. But when Hardy gets on the fucking lawnmower and it's going like two miles an hour, so slow. If that. <laughs> Bray Wyatt does his little crab walk thing, and the look on Matt Hardy's face for like five seconds is just like, just go watch it. Oh, I'm gonna. Go watch it was it. like I'm... watching a bad anime when someone can't get out of the way of a yeah. fireball for <laughs> a good solid Whoa! four minutes. What? <laughs> now, is this a possible? I know I've read about this, but is it possible that this is the the rewriting of Bray Wyatt? I think they have to. Yeah, I mean, they've already lost. I mean, we've got the Bludgeon Brothers. He's lost his Ick. his flock. Now, I'm not. I love the whole family gimmick. Yeah. I think it would still be a great thing when you're actually one of those live events and you see the fireflies. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But I guess they've got a different angle for him. Who knows? Maybe there's some heat between him and and the Bludgeon Brothers. You know, maybe there's something. Who? You never know with McMahon. He's probably going to come out and be some kind of Jamaican character. Yeah. It's, right. Kofi yeah. Kingston V two man. Yeah. I mean, but hopefully he does what, have dreads. What I'm thinking is he joins the the Hardy family. That's that was my speculation as well, yeah. and especially with them probably having to ride out brother Nero, Mister Jeff Hardy, thanks to his most recent DWI conviction, which there hasn't been any official word of him getting written out. But I think that's because I don't they, think they will. They had already put the match in the can though, and he appeared in it. So they could have cut that footage, but it probably wouldn't have made a lot of sense since they haven't made the announcement. Yeah, so. Right. 
I think they're waiting on the final word of what happens and what the charge is. And if his toxicology level is that high, then I don't know. I, I think, honestly, with all that, I, th- I think it's much like uh, one of the Usos who caught a, D, a DUI, DWI, not long ago. Uh, he's still wrestling. Yeah. They're, they're you know, uh, so I think in matters like that, I think that's why WWE made, made a very clear point that this was on his own personal time. Right. So what he did is that was his decision. Yeah. Um, now, of course, with his history of substance abuse, I'm pretty sure they're going to get stricter on him. Oh, I'm sure. But I, I don't think we're going to see the end of him. I think uh, it's too much of a cash cow, especially after them doing the ultimate deletion. I would also love if they do this with Bray Wyatt. For some reason, I would love to see Bo Dallas come back. Oh, actually, I have the yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're using him okay in the Mysteries right now in terms of he's at least getting TV time. But good lord, well, him and Kurt, they, yeah. I mean, they both kept getting them fucked over, and it wasn't their their, their choice because they came out as like Hogan and Macho Man, and then Hogan went to shit with his lord. trial. Lord, there's not a single gimmick they can. Do. I loved the the Bo Dallas just Bo leave. Oh yeah, I loved that. But I uh, forgot about that. <laughs> oh no! Wow. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving along, we're going to go to uh, our local event section. Uh, the local events. <laughs> so what do we got? What do we got lined up? Well, there's a whole lot of stuff coming up, actually. A lot of things around the region, things that are around in and around Nashville, and things that are a little farther away. And uh, first and foremost, this isn't technically a wrestling event per se, but on Monday, April the 2nd, is the beginning classes of the Tried and True Pro Wrestling Academy. They just recently threw a show at the Wilma Rudolph Event Center in Clarksville with uh, Tommy Dreamer and Crimson and a handful of other people. Where's my... Yep. (laughs) There we go. It'll kick in eventually. But they... uh, Yeah, they threw that show that went over really well, The Art of War 3, and they are starting a pro wrestling academy that they're going to keep running. It begins on April the 2nd. You can look up Tried and True Pro on the internet to figure out a little bit more. Their head coach, Jeremiah Plunkett, used to wrestle in all of the stadium and stuff with the Falk family, and I've been relatively familiar with him for quite some time. But probably worth checking out if you have aspirations and you live around Clarksville. And then... I'll put the order on There you go. The next day... At the Bridgestone Arena in luxurious downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, we have the go-home edition of WWE SmackDown Live, which ought to be a barn burner and a half. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it better be. I mean, Uh, but at the same time, you know, it looks like they're shielding AJ Styles, so I I don't expect to see him. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather them shield him and not see him in action at SmackDown and see him in full force. Agreed. Are you drawing a dick over there? I already drew it. (laughs) Fixing it. All right. Self-portrait. <laughs> Self-portrait. <laughs> you got to add more hair. Add, add a big old beard right there. It was just erasing hair. <laughs> it was a bit of a shame. Then, uh, uh, things that happen at this table. Eventually, we will have video on some of this because we've got to. Yeah, it's going to have to happen. Then moving along, uh, Shooters in Hermitage, which just God bless you. April, four- <laughs> April 14th. That is- wasn't a shoot. That's literally what you'll hear in the background. Yeah, right. Uh, April 14th, the Micro Wrestling Federation hits shooters in Hermitage. That is midget wrestling. For those of you who don't understand what micro wrestling might mean, uh, it usually, I mean, I hear a lot of really rave reviews. I tend to go to real wrestling events and not really the midget wrestling events, but I hear a lot of people say good things, so I want to include everybody here. I've seen pictures, and they get get a crowd, man. Yeah. (laughs) Are the matches short? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Acme's got his own now. This is going to become one of those morning radio shows. That is a terrible rape whistle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that just sounds like, all right, let's party. <laughs> that might actually fuck him up. You might use that. <laughs> like, maybe we're afraid of this guy. <laughs> Moving right along, we have the next installment of Southern Underground Pro Wrestling, which are our buddies that throw their shows at the Basement East. Uh, this will actually mark their one-year anniversary on April 22nd. Returning to the Basement East, they've got uh, Kevin Koo defending a title against Donovan Allen. They have a guy called the MJF, who I have yet to become familiar with, but I've seen a lot of his merch floating around, and he apparently has competed in CZW and a handful of other reputable indies in a match entitled... I'm very excited about this. I poke mania two versus our boy, the King of light beer, the Mance Warner. So that should be fun. Those are the only two things that they've announced in terms of matches so far, but Mance, if you're listening, start marketing fanny packs. Yep. Soma holders, Soma holders. Yep. And actually call them Soma holders. We're, uh, we're really excited to see what the rest of the card brings from the boys over at boys and girls over at Southern underground pro wrestling. And that's sure to be a good show on the same day. If you're outside of Nashville, it's about a four-hour haul. There's a show in Newport, Tennessee at the National Guard Armory being thrown by Next Generation Wrestling. Now, the headlining match is the one to talk about here. There are a lot of really great wrestlers on the card, including Nick Aldis, Crimson, and <laughs> Joey Ryan. And I'm, I'm leaving a lot out here, but there are a lot of really, really... Oh, the boys. Dalton Castle's the boys in tag team action. But the headlining match here, the one to write home about... Ultimo Dragon with Sonny Ono going against Ray Phoenix, who you may know from Lucha Underground, CMLL, AAA, uh, lots of different promotions running around. But Ultimo Dragon, the opportunity in 2018 to see him compete, much less in our wonderful home state of Tennessee, is a uh, little... It's very few... Woo! <laughs> Very few and far between. It's not something that you really have the opportunity to see. So if you are in such a way that you want to drive four hours out and hit a really rad, what looks to be very well-booked and well-promoted wrestling event, hit up Next Generation Wrestling, Newport, Tennessee, April 22nd. Just be careful what you say about uh, Sonny Ono. He will sue you. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. He's got lots of lawyers. <clears throat> I think it would be a good time to go ahead and uh, dish some dirt. I don't mind doing that. You know, especially with a lot of the wrestling podcasts, you, you do get the inside stories. The reason that I'm strong in booing Crimson is we filmed a music video for Patrick Sweeney called First of the Week, and I'll actually link it on the page. And we, uh, well, not we, I was just one of the extras in the video. I was the referee. And uh, they actually, Crimson was the one who assured us that he would get us a ring, and the night before just bailed on us absolutely bailed so it put us in a spot where we had the studio rented no ring and it left uh the producer and director in a bind luckily of all people mr hall of famer jeff jarrett came through oh double j yep so uh he came through just don't talk to him about wrestling because if you do he'll talk to you about sea dudes for 15 hours yikes fuck yeah i mean well, that's, that's, that's the best gimmick ever <laughs> Like, here, let me go talk to this guy. He's a wrestler. Hey, man, so I watched you. Hey, man, have you ever wrote a sea do They're fucking awesome. I got like six of them. It's the immediate way to turn down the wrestling conversation. So th there's your insight as to why I boo a lot. He left us in quite a bind, and I, 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 we did not appreciate that. But let's go ahead. Uh, we got any more local? Hey, you have an opportunity to make up for it, buddy. Yeah. Just write us. 
Yeah, we have a lot more local, actually. Uh, May 19th, the second installment of Overdrive Pro Wrestling at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds Sports Arena. And they have a, they've announced a lot of talent. In terms of matches, the, the actual matches themselves are only a handful that have been announced. Big man on campus, uh, oh, the big Margugliak on campus. He is amazing. He is an incredible wrestler. He's an incredible performer. You really need to watch him. He's going to go up against a guy you may know from WWE SmackDown Live, Mr. James Ellsworth. We have Rebel, local performer, uh, local female performer, going up against ECW's former ECW. Uh, personality and a former WWE Women's Champion known as Jazz, who, if you're familiar with Jazz, is a pretty hardcore young lady. Um, that should be a really, really, really entertaining match. You have the ringside ring announcer currently for Ring of Honor and a phenomenal performer in his own right, Mr. Colt Cabana, going up against Austin Aries, who yes. you probably know from a thousand wrestling promotions, most notably, I would say, WWE. Currently, Impact, he has like 18 titles right now or some such shit. So that should be a really good match. We got uh, they, They've announced the presence of the Monster Abyss, who you may know from TNA, the headliner Chris Michaels, the GM Terry Runnels, formerly Marlena, the Rock and Roll Express, Robbie E., Carrie Offal and Nick Iggy, otherwise known as the Carnies, who we talked about a little bit on our last episode of Southern Underground Pro, and Gary and Jimmy Valiant. And doesn't Carrie has his own podcast, correct? I don't think so. Jesse no. does Jesse, from Southern Underground Pro. Jesse has one called Kick Out at Kick Two. Out at two. You should go Kick check out, out Kick Out at Two. And uh, yeah, you guys should definitely go check them out. Give them a little bit of love and give them some listens. That'll be fun. And then, yeah, so Overdrive Pro Wrestling is very sure. I know they've sold out of a couple of tiers of tickets, so you want to make sure to go hit up their thing at Eventbrite. Go ahead and do your pre-sale because you want to make sure to be in on the action. Get in on those tape traders. Buy some merch. Have a good time. Get a goddamn cheeseburger. Yeah. (laughs) It's Acme's favorite thing in the world. I can't wait. Uh, Moving right along. Hey, yo. Moving right along, we have uh, Extreme Midget Wrestling, another uh, little people wrestling event that's happening in Clarksville, Tennessee on August 18th at the warehouse. Little known fact, August 18th is the day after my birthday, so you know what you can get me. Then uh, a very interesting one, a super interesting one for me. This is the last local event that I've got. We noted before when we advertised Overdrive Pro Wrestling that the May 19th show looked like it could very possibly be the last wrestling event to take place at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds Sports Arena. However, I stumbled across a listing for the Micro Wrestling Federation returning, following up their play at Shooters and Hermitage, on October the 6th to the Tennessee State Fairgrounds Sports Arena. So, allegedly, according to their official website, that is booked, which means that there may be future wrestling endeavors for other promotions out of that same... Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good news. Which means that there may be uh, an opportunity for other local promotions like Overdrive and perhaps even Southern Underground to move into that arena that's legendary in the history of professional wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee, and in the uh, you know Southeast region. Maybe there are a lot more chances for us to see some action there. Fuck yeah. I really think the promotion here in Nashville is going great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing any of them really fail. Nope. Uh, there, you know, because we've been going to pretty much well, we have went to all of them, yep. uh, and there's great crowds at all of them. I, th- I think there's really a push going. It really back. is good turnouts, like surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean, how good it is. if you haven't, I mean, of course, if you haven't been out to one, go go support local. But at the same time, bring someone that hates wrestling because I guarantee you're going to change their mind. Yep. Yeah. It's going to happen. There's nothing like being that up close and that intimate. In there that hasn't been a time that we've went that we haven't brought at least one or two people that have never been to one, and they walk away going, okay, when's the next one? Yeah, yeah. and they want to come to the wrestling nights, our hot tag Tuesdays at the Gold Rush, and come watch wrestling with us and cut up after that. So it's a, it's a really great way to get people involved. 
Yep. Uh, at this, I do want to mention uh, another podcast out there that uh, definitely gave us a shout out, and and, and uh, we want to work together with anybody local and and support all local. There's a podcast out there called Inconclusive Breakdown. It is a anti PC entertainment news podcast, and I'm going to tell you they cover every facet of entertainment there is. That's awesome. From you know upcoming rumors about movies and remakes to I mean they even do, they cover some wrestling. Uh, it is very anti PC, which in my opinion I love. I mean, yep. huge, I mean, you know, I grew up. You know, obviously I have a history in radio, and I grew up loving Howard Stern and just the ability to say what you want when you want. And to rip the filter off. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly what they are. They are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Libsyn, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can get them at uh, facebook.com slash inconclusive breakdown and twitter.com slash inconclusive pod. Uh, are we? Yeah. Okay. We get it back? Yeah, I think so. Technical difficulties. Yeah, we're good. All right, so I just want to make sure we give a shout-out to them because they've been showing us some love. Absolutely. And, and uh, we do appreciate that, guys, because I'm going to tell you, the first time I listened to y'all's podcast, I didn't stop listening. Uh, they are a little lengthy, but if you got the free time, lay, kick back and actually hear about all the things in entertainment. Awesome. Hell yeah. I have to check that out myself. Speaking of local promotions, uh, another little bit of news. I just want to – there are a couple of things to talk about with very legendary performer – uh, WCW, I guess, would still have been also considered a mid-carder, actually, a little on theme here. Mr. Rey Mysterio, he was scheduled to perform in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style Evolved event this weekend. However, due to a left bicep injury, he had to pull out of that event against Jushin you Thunder never Liger. Out. Never pull out. He, um, he was set to face the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger, but unfortunately he's not going to be able to do that in Long Beach. So he is being replaced in that event by Will Ospreay, which should make for an absolutely incredible Hell match. Oh, yes. If you've ever seen Ospreay, then you already know. And if you haven't, you need to look up some matches with Ospreay. It's not going to let you down at all. So that part will be good. But another thing I wanted to touch on, speaking of local, there was an event a couple of months ago by an organization called Aro Lucha. A family-friendly style event. I know the Harris brothers that were formerly involved in Impact and TNA and also at one point in time were in WWE. I know that they're involved on the production side because a lot of the people that came over from Anthem when they ran Impact were also involved. But it's officially been announced that Rey Mysterio has not only signed on to compete for Aro Lucha, but has also signed on as a partial owner. Ooh. It's pretty exciting to me because if anybody knows how to make those wrestling shows successful and make it a you know, a product that could get pitched to TV and they want to base it out in Asheville. I mean, bring it to us, boys. So That's what, what yeah. we want. So at this point, you're Come telling on. me that not only do we have Billy Corgan revamping NWA based right. out of Nashville, mm-hmm. now we have Rey Mysterio. We have Rey Mysterio as a partial owner of an organization based out of Nashville that's also aiming at some TV. NWA is being a little bit more vertical content and a little bit more creative with how they're pushing all of their product and their current promotion. But, I mean, it's it's a very exciting time for wrestling in Music City and in and around it. About goddamn time. I know, right? I mean, we're we're not seeing – I don't think we've seen this much action since Stadium Inn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stadium Inn, uh, NWA Saw out of Millersville. That was always a good time. Stuff like that. But uh, And even with all those independent shows, there's still not a whole lot that was being run by anybody that had a lot of production background in terms of trying to make things happen for TV and make things happen that are based here involving super top-name talent from around the world. So I'm extremely excited. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Bring it on home. We got boys. any other uh, locals? I think that's it for the locals. All right, so now we're going to be moving to uh, the unboxing. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, this was the golden era unboxing. Oh, goddamn right it was. We yes. actually have video. We will be finding a way to upload that. I'll, I'll put that on our YouTube channel. But yeah, y'all go ahead. This was I was out of town for this, so y'all have the floor. Well, we filmed the unboxing at our Hot Tag Tuesdays event at the Gold Rush over on Elliston Place in Nashville, Tennessee this last week. Uh, we, Acme and I, both subscribed to the Pro Wrestling Crate, courtesy of ProWrestlingTees.com, based out of Chicago. We've given them plugs before. I will tell you, you have to check out the website. You have to make it by the store if you're in and around the Chicago area. And you absolutely should look into these crates. These crates, for a wrestling fan, I mean, there's just nothing more exciting than waiting to see when this thing shows up and ripping it open and seeing all the stuff they have for you inside. Because it, while you don't know what it is, you do know a theme. It's extremely cheap. It's twenty nine ninety five a month for a standard month-by-month basis. I mean, the two shirts you get alone are worth that. Yeah. They're worth more than that. And that's very, very, very far from all you get. So, Acme, you want to start touching on some of the stuff that came in the golden era of Wrestling Crate this March? Well, we could start with well the hotness I'm wearing right now. Woo! We got a... <laughs> Hulk Hogan running wild, and the way it's printed, it almost looks like a 3D. Yeah. Like it's Let me tell you something, really Geronimo. Sick. <laughs> Very sick shirt. It is, man. That is amazing. <laughs> it's got like a kaleidoscope effect almost, the way that the shading is. But, I mean, if you ever wanted to see a look in Hulk Hogan's face like he was about to treat you like Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, then you should be <laughs> taking a look at this shirt. Oh. But remember, it was Terry Belay's penis. That's right. It was not Hulk Hogan's. It was not the Hulksters. I, I need to come up with my alias. I actually did hear a, uh, a, a little background story. I'll tell you just shortly about this. Uh, a buddy of mine was actually in production that was working close to Hulk Hogan, and this was the first time meeting him, and he thought, wow, you know, I actually get to you know work with Hogan and talk to him. And Hogan immediately went on to, well, brother, I tell you, I had this girl, and I just couldn't get it up. <laughs> Exactly. That was his response too. He was like, "Okay, I just met this legend. I'm immediately going to think this guy's just going to, you know, pop out a three foot rod of steel, and he's sitting here bitching about how he couldn't get it up." Well, my dick don't work, <laughs> man. So he actually so was. The, he, he was talking about how he had to pop some of those whatever the over the counter like horse. Oh, whatever. Good Lord. He said. Then after that, brother, it wouldn't go down. It was. He said it was the most awkward meeting ever. But maybe Hogan was working him. If so, great work. If not. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but, Steroids, I'd probably do that to you, I guess. Oh, I'm sure. It probably looks like a fucking pineapple. All right. Uh, so what was the other shirt? Oh, it was. I've the, not seen it yet. The absolute legend. Uh, one of, it came from my favorite wrestling match of all time, Mr. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And it is a really fantastic shirt. Again, these shirts are super soft, super high quality. The designs are awesome. This one kind of almost resembles like a label on a side of japanese sauce or something there's there's it's very large white print yeah and it's really cool the shirt kind of resembles that color i think is why we think that but uh super awesome design super understated it's not hokey looking at all but it's just a whole lot of fun moving forward from that i would say the thing that i'm the most excited about is the uh ted dibiase money clip oh that's amazing i mean what a unique item and something that just you know I, i love little things like that that seemingly make no sense and probably wouldn't sell all that much on their own but something to come in this crate like this i was so excited about it this is my favorite thing it just reads ted dibiase has a little picture of him engraved in it and says money isn't everything it's the only thing that's um it was it was virgil on it at all no 
And a little fun side note. Virgil's actually, his comes is just a rubber band. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But Mr. Baker over here and our other buddy both got their crates. Their mailmen are diligent and get there in the fucking morning. So I'm getting texts of like, oh, look what came in the mail. I'm just like, God damn it. They're like, hey, getting spoilers. Turn, turn away while I get my money out right quick. I'm like, well, that gives something away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit. Uh, there is the Ariba Tito Santana enamel pin. There's always an enamel pin in these crates, and they're always really cool. That one I loved a whole lot because a lot of people are mostly familiar with Tito as El Matador from the early 90s era of WWE, but all of his work in the 80s was incredible. I mean, he was one of the first pioneers of a, a super aggressive high-flying style, so always been a big Tito Santana fan. The 8x10. Oh, my God. Autographed <laughs> official. The man. The resurrected Jake the Snake Roberts, which that, I could have been more excited. That's the, rumor has it too that Damien licked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were talking about something else. <laughs> uh, now, with it being Jake the Snake, uh, I mean, is it when these things come in? Are they or do they have some kind of seal? Yeah, well, they're in a, like they're in a protective envelope, and then there's a seal on the corner that you know. Let's of you know that it's an official, yeah, it's a okay. seal of authenticity on the corner of the 8x10. Okay. And pro wrestling tees, one of the cooler things they do is they have a lot of wrestlers buy to do signings in their store. Like, I've seen things, there was just one this week with Dalton Castle. Yeah, They had Road Warrior Animal in. They have people in all the time. Right, and I also know that, because uh, I've been to a lot of these cons and conventions and stuff where you go and there's wrestlers there. A lot of times, also, they have some kind of deal worked out where they basically just go give them a stack yeah, yeah. of papers while they're waiting for fans to come up and say, hey. And they're just signing away. You know, right. Like, there's like 200 of them. They're just yeah. signing, signing, signing. And then those end up being on the market for like, you know, 80 bucks to $150, yeah. which in my opinion is garbage. You shouldn't, you know, that's, I like what the wrestling crates are doing. Yeah, they're great. The, the cool thing is, too, like, especially if the wrestler has been passed away, a portion of all the merch goes back to their family. Yeah. When it comes out of pro Which is really crate. cool. Wow. They, they don't they don't just take it all. They're not greedy about it. They're actually trying to make it benefit the performer, which like is everybody rare. Everybody gets their due. So. That's I didn't even know that. That's awesome. So that's really cool. I think the the other things that were left in there, a not so micro micro brawler of the one, the only Mr. Andre the Giant. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> That was, uh, <laughs> that was not a soundbite. That I'm gonna, was actually I'm going to make Acme's version of that a soundbite. And then they had the uh, the DVD. The DVD, which we're going to end up having a segment of our own that we'll probably put on our YouTube channel and Facebook here soon. It is the workout DVD of the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> Do what? Yeah. yeah. Which is taught by Davy Boy Smith and his wife, Diana Hart Smith. When was this filmed? Oh, I, he has cornrows in the picture, so I'd say like 91, 92, 93, somewhere okay, in there. Okay, very good time. I mean, as a he passed away, I believe, at like 36, 37, yeah. so I don't know how much I would take that workout video. I mean, does it immediately just say, all right, what you want to do is start off with steroids? Right, yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting to watch it. Uh, I'm, moving forward in the future, my aim here is that the hangman and Acme and myself actually try and make it through i don't know five minutes <laughs> of the workout on camera and see if we can't get that posted okay i'm game yeah we'll Let's... we'll we'll make it we'll make something work <laughs> i believe that was it for the crate this month uh rowdy roddy piper poster. oh man that poster how could i forget it looks just like the front of a comic book like, it, they they drew it out to look like the front of a comic book and had different quotes from his wrestling career, quotes from They Live, all kinds of fun yeah, little all, explosive balloon gun. letters and stuff at the bottom. Really fantastic artwork. It was a really, really, really cool item that I look forward to hanging up. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Uh, all right. So that was the unboxing. And like I said, we will, uh, as soon as I can get that uh, uploaded, we will have that on YouTube. Um, we do have a YouTube channel, of course. Uh, I will be moving further on that to make sure we get these videos posted up. And then, of course, any of the clips, any of the things we mentioned here, I make sure to put on Facebook. Also, don't be afraid to reach out and comment and let us know, you know, like if you have your own opinions, if there's things you want to hear about, if, uh, you know, just, just anything. You know, give us, give us plenty of feedback. So, uh, all right, we're going to go now to the, uh, I believe it's time for our match of the week. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. One right. fall. <laughs> so uh, with it being the way it was and I was out of town, uh, we're basically going to roll with uh, Acme's picks this week. So what was your YouTube, or, or sorry, your match of the week? The match of the week for me is going to be CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy, SummerSlam 09. The whole match is badass, but there is one point where um, Punk power bombs Jeff Hardy onto a chair in a <clears throat> a savory way. <laughs> <laughs> you can go check it out, but it doesn't look fun. Where can you go check it out? On the YouTubes. Well, I was going to suggest uh, oh. another plug for the WWE oh. Network for only... Oh, the $9.99. Yes, $9.99. Yes, only $9.99. At the $9.99 wrestling store on the WWE Network. Yes. Uh, the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, was there... what? So, was that... There was just a major bump on that? Because I actually... I'm one of the few... This may get me some, some heat. I don't mind. I am actually anti-CM Punk. I think he's a whiny bitch. I'm kind of right there with him. So, and I uh, love Jeff Hardy. I think that that CM Punk really just spent a lot of time whining because they gave him every fucking title known to man. He's also fucking straight edge. What the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and he's I'm gonna be Pepsi, not Coke. Pepsi. <laughs> I'm gonna be the uh, I'm gonna be the unpopular guy in the room on this one. I'm a, I'm a big big CM Punk fan, and uh, and I, I fully believe that all of his gripes with the WWE were quite legitimate. And I think the difference was they actually put somebody on TV that was so over with the fans that they let him get away with actually airing what the locker room wanted to say. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, his pipe bombs, his pipe bombs were great. Uh, I'm not saying he was not a bad. I'm not saying that he was a terrible performer. Don't take it as that. I just think he's a whiny bitch. Yeah. Uh, I think that they gave him every possible title known to man. You can't hold the title for your entire time in fucking wrestling. Uh, I really would have loved to see him in Stone Cold. I know there was that promo video of the video game where they sat there and basically talked shit with JR in the middle. Very uncomfortable to watch. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, they gave a lot of respect to each other, but at the same time, you could tell Stone Cold just wanted to put his boot right up his ass. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, that, I, I definitely will look that up because if, this... CM, if CM Punk's taking a bad bump, I'm going to watch it. And, and the, <coughs> entire, the entire match is fucking awesome. And this match, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like right during the height of the whole feud, Straight Edge CM Punk versus him ripping on Jeff Hardy for doing a bunch of drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was shortly before they let Jeff Hardy go again for, you know, no kayfabe here, <laughs> actually uh, actually drug-related issues. And that was right before he fell off the top of the cage in TNA against Sting. Ooh. Yeah, bad bump. Bad Ew. bump. Yes. So, I don't know if he's ever actually had a bad bump. <laughs> Maybe a few good lines. Yeah, right. But, uh, all right, so what was your, uh, staying with Acme, uh, what was your YouTube clip of the week? Botchamania. If you just go to the YouTube and type in, dropping an elbow goes wrong, IWA Mid-South from Memphis, Indiana, and <laughs> try and sleep that night. <laughs> is it that bad? I mean, is it? 
it's really fucking high up. Like okay. injury bad or like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You always know that that Acme's clips are going to be just somebody getting absolutely destroyed. Yep. Whether planned or not planned. Yeah. This is true. All right. So do we have anything else to touch base on? I think that might be that might wrap us for this week, and we'll. Uh, oh, oh. Yep. Uh, yep. We're getting the call. So it uh, looks like we're reaching that time. Like I said, we are listening to you. We want to make sure that the podcast is enjoyable and you have time to listen to it where you're not having to sit there for an hour. So uh, we're going to try and keep them, like I said, anywhere between 40, 45 minutes. And uh, we're right at that mark. So until next time, this is Dale Hangman Albright. Jesse Baker. Heck me, Geronimo Brown. And we're going to go ahead and let Mr. Glenn Goza carry us out. Thank you. Thank you. said come in to work i just hung up on that slave driving jerk i'm going to wrestle going to wrestle you think i'd rather be sweating on the dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock i'm going to wrestle going to wrestle r-a-s-s-l-i-n that's wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i-n that's wrestling i love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the eyes man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gordy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron call is only the fire it's can. Paul's called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestle. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called friends. She could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassled. Really hassled. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a day, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's Kevin Von Eric when he's really high and flying. Silver-haired Ric Flair when he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls. I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting